Welcome back to the Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. It is best ball season. Don't make these mistakes when you're dra drafting your best ball team. All right, we're back. It is the heart of best ball season. If you're not drafting, I don't know what you're doing. Shane, you drafting best balls? I'm in a couple right now. Absolutely. There we go. Now, I love this time of year. Listen, we're still a few months before you're going to draft against your friends in your home league. And of course, you're going to smash your friends in your home league because you're watching the bowl call. That means you're inquisitive. You're interested in fantasy football beyond just a couple days before the draft. You're going to crush it. But fantasy football is now a year-round sport, Shane. And I draft all year round. I love it. I, I listen, I've been draft. I got drafts going pre NFL draft. Now we're in the heart of best ball season. This is where we can, instead of mock drafting, we can draft on underdog. DraftKings has it. FanDuel has best ball. There's some other spots, but underdog is my favorite. Underdog's my, it's, they have an underdog in Canada. They got the underdog in Canada. Bro. Okay. You want to know, know why underdog is the best, Kevin? One of the number one reason why underdog is the best. They pretty much have tournaments that start or contests that start like what a week after the Super Bowl, yeah. which I love, right? So that what they do is that you can go, you can draft your heart's content all the way up to the NFL draft. They stop contests and then they reset everything. So what they ended up doing is you can look at your shares before the NFL draft and your shares after the NFL draft. I think it's it's brilliant. It's just it's these little details that tells you these people know their audience and they care man they they're care. really into it now one of the one of the challenges on best ball is of course they they uh in on underdog specifically is it's actually i'm not gonna say it's a harder format because a crush on there but um the crowd is sharper on on underdog the adps that they've got there are really responsive to what's going on so you have to be aware of that and it's just something to be aware of but what we're here to talk about today private chain mm. is mistakes common mistakes that you might make that you want to avoid when drafting your best ball teams and the first the first topic i kind of want to bring up and i think this is almost the most important of them all mm -hmm. is understanding that actually i'm going to double down on this one it's first understanding the difference between drafting for a tournament which most people do because they chase the big stupid money and drafting for a league which is just you against uh 9 or 11 other people in a standard fantasy football league style format, right? Hugely different approach to these two styles of, of contests, right? And a lot of what we'll talk about is for the big tournament. We want to mm -hmm. stack. We want a little correlation. We want to take some chances. You want to kind of build a certain way for a tournament because a tournament is all or nothing, right? If you're going up against 50,000 people, it is all or nothing. I'm not trying to cash when you're going up against 11 of your friends, if you're just not getting zeros every week, you're probably finishing in the top three. Like it is super easy to finish in the money because you're there's a, there's a technique to this and there's an approach. As long as you're not getting zeros, you're winning or you're in the money. That's my, it's not, it's not brain surgery. Shane, you know, what's kind of interesting on that. Like that point is, if, if you want to go and just basically draft an ADP, 
you might do okay. You know, obviously you have to choose the right players at the right spot. But if you're drafting around ADP, you're going to do okay in the regular leagues. But you need, like, you almost have to, like, disregard ADP altogether when you're drafting in a tournament because if everybody else is doing that, you ain't going to win it. You need to differentiate yourself. So that's, that's, that's interesting. For me, it's about the positions. How you cover each position group. Yeah. Make sure that you're not, how many of each position player you take. Right. Make sure that you're not getting zeros. That's so key. I learned this the first year I ever played best ball. If you don't handcuff your running backs a certain way, if you don't kind of build with a with a particular volume of players at each position group designated, what ends up happening is a couple injuries happen and you're getting zeros. You don't have a tight end. They're both injured. And now you're toast. Zeros. Yes. So. How do I, you know, you need your three tight ends, not two. At running back, in tournaments, and this is, again, distinguishing between these two, and we'll go into other common mistakes, but like in in, in tournaments at the running back position, you really want to load up your team with one hit away, guys, rather than handcuffing and looking to play it conservative, hey, making sure I'm scoring. I want the one hit aways filling up my bench, which means... Early, I'm actually probably taking more wide receivers and then allowing my team to load up on the one hit away running backs. Those are the Alexander Madisons. Those are, I'm not going to say the Paul, but like even the Rashad, the, Rashad White, Zamir Rashad White. White, who, uh, yes, um, Rashad, Rashad White's being maybe, maybe Rashad Penny. I'm not sure his, his backup. Hey, appar- apparently, Rashad Penny is going to be the lead dog. So I fully I expect know, that. I, I know that's what yeah. I was saying. Like, Speaking of a shot, but um, his backup being the rookie, uh, the rookie running back whose name Ken Ken Walker, yeah, Kenny Walker, um, uh, Dynamite Walker. That's right, and and all of those the Tyrion David Price of the world when they yes. emerge, that oh the Khalil Herberts, right? Mm. I'll take Khalil Herbert without Montgomery on my team in mm-hmm. a tournament, in a in a regular league against your friends, it's the it's the exact opposite. I want to make sure that I have two starting running backs that can both be handcuffed very clearly. Yeah, I'm going for more running backs, of course, and more, but I got to make sure that I have guys that can be handcuffed. I want to, if I'm taking Austin Eckler, you know, I have to have his backup. Uh, Isaiah Spiller. Yes, uh, Isaiah Spiller. I have to have him on my team. He's going to get zero, but. I don't care. All I need to know is the running back position is secure. I got Montgomery with Khalil. I've got, if I got Elijah Mitchell, I'm making sure I got Tyrion Davis price. That always happens. So one key thing, understanding the difference in a league against your buddies, conservative high floor players that are going to score every single week. And if with a plan that if this guy gets injured, this guy is on my team and will step up in his place. I think uh, so. This week, you're on the Rotowire show with, of course, the legend himself, season long says Alan Sislowski. And for those of you who have not listened to the show, after this show is done and after you finish listening to this show, go check out that one. You guys did an amazing show on the top 10 handcuffs for uh, for running yes. backs. And it's it's fantastic. For one, it's great just to kind of outline, you know, just remind people, okay, who are the handcuffs? Because there's so much that changes every single season. So who are the handcuffs? And what I found so so interesting about the show, Kev, was just the fact that you do have a slightly different philosophy than Al. 
And so you kind of get both sides to the story is, okay, here's the advantages to it. Um, I was thinking after that show, because I, I really do think critically after these shows, I start to think, and I think one of the best values right now, if you are in on Javante Williams and his ADP is falling, so you don't have to pay as much for it. But um, I was listening to a beat writer and I didn't really understand this nuance, but one of Melvin Gordon's um, key uh, bonuses this year. He doesn't have a huge salary, but he's got a lot of incentives. And one of them is actually on receptions. So there's a possibility that he's going to be playing that re- that passing down back. Melvin Gordon is practically free. He's like round 10, round 11. You get Melvin Gordon. Spots. If you if you just go bang Javante, bang Melvin Gordon, and you get pretty much 95% of that running game in in Denver, and it, they're, they're going to be a good team this year. They're going to put up points. That, like, that's a huge win to have that backfield. And if one goes down, man, it's league winning. Yes. So it's, you know, it, I think that that's a great idea. Well, beautiful thing about that scenario, similar to the Pollard situation where even though you are getting a one hit away backup, really both guys are one hit away. The starter also one hit away from the backup going out. You're getting that, but you're also getting a guy who's going to score for you anyway. So th- you get the double bonus of a guy who will score for you anyway. Like, hey, Melvin Gordon might might put up 21 points on a week where Javante is playing. He, you don't have to choose which week to play Melvin Gordon. So I love those one A one B situations because you get mm-hmm. scoring either way. And again, a, avoidance of zero is how you win your league against twelve other people. That's not how you win the tournament, but that's how you win against twelve other people. I've got another one, Shane, yes. and this one's really big. I see a lot of people posting their screenshots of their teams on twitter right and oh i just yeah. drafted this team and i love i look at them i look at them i don't i, I do don't too. i don't comment. clickbait man i like i, know, it. I, I don't love. i don't comment yeah. and i don't read it out. but i look you know, when somebody shares the image of their team major i'm like oh i'm 10 picks into my best i'll look i'll look yeah, of course and then i see they have josh allen and lamar jackson Ugh. on the same team now Horrible. that brings me around to a very <laughs> Very important rule of best ball. Number one, don't take, don't waste a top pick on an elite quarterback. That's just number one. But if you do, and this is the real rule, but if you do, my goodness, don't waste another pick on a second one. That is the waste. I don't even mind. You know what? If somebody takes Josh Allen, if Josh Allen falls into like the sixth round, and he's still hanging out. Never going to happen, but it, let's just say it does. It rarely happens. If he's hanging out a little too late, and you don't like what's on the board, and you've built an interesting way, and you're like, you know what? I, I built for the luxury tight end pick sometimes. I'm like, I want to take an early. You can take a, one luxury pick. Luxury, quarterback and tight end are luxury picks. You take one, especially if you're playing a late running back style approach. You can take a luxury pick. But if you do, don't take a second one. As a matter of fact, if you take, I know I'm okay with it. If you take an elite quarterback, your second, you don't even need a third. You only take two in total, and your second guy should be in like round 12. And it's like Kirk Cousins or one of these guys that are floating around really, really late in the draft beyond all reasonable good starting players. Take Marcus Mariota as your backup for all I care. Maybe not him. Make make sure. Maybe, maybe not Mariota because he might not be the starter. Get hurt. But. He gets hurt a lot too. But but you get the idea. Don't have two elite quarterbacks on your team. I shouldn't have to say this. I've seen it. I see Trey Lance and 
somebody's like, oh, I got my team. Stafford and uh, it'll be like Trey Lance and and Justin Herbert. I'm like, so good. What the hell are you doing? You can only score one quarterback and they don't get hurt. Like quarterbacks getting hurt. If your quarterback gets hurt, you might as well just packing it. I'm done. If you have Josh Allen on your team, you don't need a second good quarterback. All you need is a second guy for the bye week. And, you know, okay, take the best second. I'd take Daniel Jones. Why? Because he puts up a 25 every once in a while. Like, i take that kind of guy. And, and especially because you can get him in round 14. You waste two early picks on quarterbacks. You will not win your league, Shane. Not happening. So here's the thing, okay? So all things being equal, you have an 8.3% chance to win, okay? If you are deciding that you're going to spend one of your premium picks, when I define premium picks, I, I would say top five, maybe top six rounds are considered I premium I picks. Feel like in, in best ball, eight or nine rounds are still pre- like they're the maybe, premium maybe. picks. Yeah, but I'm talking like premium, yeah. premium. Like well, if you're because because uh, Josh Allen's going around three, maybe round four. I think I've seen him fall around four once, once. I've done about 30 of these now. So if you're deciding that I'm going to take Josh Allen because I'm in 30 best balls, I want to diversify, I, I want to get a piece of that offense. And then you go and take Kyler Murray or Trey Lance or one of these higher end guys. The problem is, is that if your quarterback gets hurt anyways, I hate to say it. If any one of your top round picks uh, get hurt to begin with, there's a very low probability that 8.3% probably falls to like 2%, 1%. So yes, you, you can consider yourself hedging in the event that, okay, I have Justin Herbert. I also have Trey Lance. They're going to, they're going to counteract each other. The problem with that is like, you're then suboptimizing your other positions. So you're going to then be, be behind a running back. We're going to be You've behind a wide receiver. What, so now, you're, now you're behind at two positions, Kevin. That's I'm gonna, the problem. I'm going to bring it to what you just said. You've essentially created – it's almost like you created an injury to a top player that didn't need to be there. That's To bring it to your point, and that is correct, you've already wasted one top fiver on a quarterback, exactly. which is a luxury position that you didn't need to do. Then when you do a second one, it's it's as if you created two injuries in your lineup already. Like how horrible is it if you draft, you know, two running? I don't want to say name. I don't want to jinx players by saying names. Mm-hmm. You you take like uh, I will. I'm going to jinx them. You take no. oh yeah. You take Christian McCaffrey and okay. Saquon Barkley, right? And that's they're just, both gone by week three. That's just they're the odds, man. <laughs> they're toast. You know they're toast by week three. And then you're like ah, I'm done, right? The worst case scenario happened. Well, taking two quarterbacks in your top five rounds or in your top six or anything, even one, but two, you've basically created the scenario where it's like your your team is so bad next to everybody else. And the problem is you might think you're slick. I'm telling you, people right now are like, well, you're stupid. I'm stupid because if I have Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, then one of them's probably going to put up 30 points every week. And you know, if the other one doesn't have a good week, I'll still get 30 from my quarterback. Yeah, but who's your running back? Who's your wide receiver now? A fucking turd because you you took quarterbacks when good wide receivers were on the board. So you can't one luxury pick, not something I would do in a regular league. I would do it in a tournament just to get crazy with a stack. Hey, listen, I'm building a Buffalo stack and I'm doing it. Fuck it. I'm doing it. Right. Like I'm playing a crazy tournament mindset. Fine. I'm waiting on running back. I'm doing my running back, my my zero RB approach or hero RB approach, whatever you want to call it. I love that this year, by the way. And you'll see more and more 
as you draft this season, there are great running backs. It's just like round four, round five is still good players. Round six. This is why you don't waste it on a quarterback. There are good quarterbacks in round 10, 11, and 12. The good running backs end earlier, and the good wide receivers end even earlier. So it 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 really hampers you. But one, I'll allow it. Two, you're toast. You've already destroyed yourself. Never, ever take two great quarterbacks. And on the on the positive side of that, if you take one top eight quarterback, even just one, then you don't need three. You only need two, and your second one could be a pretty shitty guy. If you got Justin Herbert on your team, your QB two, where would you say the cutoff? Zach Wilson, like Zach Wilson, yeah, fine. I guess I don't know. Like I, I don't mind Kirk. So Kirk Cousins is going to one ninety overall. Cousins QB seems too 50. generic to always say, but so that's generic. perfect. It's it's hey, listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like uh, you Cousins know is the perfect QB two. I'm gonna say young Kirk Cousins, aka Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the cutoff. Trevor Lawrence is going 145. I don't mind that. that that's not too bad. Mac yeah, Jones okay. is 184, though. 184? That's so late. That's what, yeah, that's, that's so, when you want it. Yeah. That, you're round 15. This is what I'm talking about. Actually, it was just, I'm in a draft right now, uh, Kev, and I literally, I think I took Kyler Murray in round five or six. And I think I just took Mac Jones as my second quarterback in round 16. So that's how you do it. Yeah. You will never see me. Everybody who's been in best bowl leagues with me, there's never been once that I've had. Any kind of good quarterback on my not good. Last year I got last year I got Jalen Hurts on all my teams because everybody was stupid. Nobody was watching the bowl call. I said this is going to be a top six guy. He ended up being a top three or, or four uh quarterback. But I was like, this I'm gonna be the last person in my league to take a quarterback. You know who you could get with with the 12th quarterback off the board this year? You know who's number 12? I can tell you who's number 12. It's Matt Stafford. Am I upset yeah. with Matt Stafford and his 25 points a game? Trust me. That's great. And by the way, Tom Brady's 10. Like, it's Brady, and then weirdly Trey Lance, and then Stafford. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy with all of those guys. Matt Stafford, he put up 25 points per game last year. 25. That's great. And I didn't have to waste. What what round is Matt Stafford going in? I don't have it open in front of me. He's Where 94. Can you get Matt Stafford? So that's in, about round nine. Round nine, eight, round eight, round nine, sort round of thing, eight, eight, nine, what, yeah. 94. You said off the board. Yeah. That's eight, nine, nine, sort of eight, eight, late in the eighth round. Right. So yeah. I'm getting my quarterback in the eighth round. Other people who spent a third, a second, a fourth, not a second, no one spends a second, but a, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth rounder. So now look at the running back that was available in the fourth round. Okay. I gave up on David Montgomery, who was there in the fourth round to take a quarterback. Now I need one in the ninth round. Kevin's taking Matt Stafford. He's happy. You got Montgomery and Stafford. You know who you got? You got Clyde, uh, not Clyde Odesolaire. Like you got like Kenyon Drake or or who's the Ooh. who's the guy in in Miami? Uh, Cl Edwards. Uh, oh, man, I can't remember his name, but uh, the Miami running back. Oh, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, you're getting Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I've got a starter that's getting three down work on a real team, and you've got a one hit away guy or. You know, something like that. Like you're taking not even Tony Pollard's gone. Alan Madison's gone at that point. You're taking a shitty backup running back. And that's the, that's, <laughs> so I got, that's the problem. You can't, you're, you hamper your team with that approach. So be careful with early quarterback. I can't stress this unless you're in a league with me, in which case, by the way, best ball season, Shane, 
in the description, we've got a 12-person, $3 to enter, 12-man slow draft posted. We got a $5, 12-man slow draft post. Whatever you're into, hop in, take on the geek. Shane will be in there. Take us on. Take us down. You want to hang with the big boys? Take us down. So we're going to be making lots and lots of these leagues. Play against your friends, 12-man. And look at it like, here's my challenge. Look at it like, like a mock draft. The reason I do the $3 and $5 ones publicly is so that people understand. Like You can have fun drafting a team. It doesn't have to cost a lot. By the way, as a bonus, like right now, here's what I would do. Here's what I would, I can't do this anymore. Standard entry fee. We're in a lot of leagues together, Shane. What's the standard entry fee for a league that you're generally? 100 bucks, generally. 100 bucks. Yeah. Okay. I'm in a lot of leagues for 100 bucks. I don't like the 100. I, I like I like higher stakes, but I'll do some, you know, 100 bucks. That's, that's, that's the league that you do with your friends. People who go on underdog right now, underdog's matching your deposit up to 100 bucks. I'm not trying to make this a commercial for underdog. But so I'm not trying to go there, but I'm just I'm keeping it real. They'll match you 100 bucks. So you put 100 dollars into underdog, they'll match it. So now you have 200 dollars to play with. Then enter, just start drafting teams. Five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, ten bucks, twenty five. Gauge your time, right? I, I like them because they're slow drafts, so I can go in and just I can do 50 of these because you just pop on the, the app and oh, I got to make three picks. I quickly look at my teams. So when if this is a money making venture, think about it. Two hundred dollars. I, I I put up a hundred bucks. I get two hundred dollars in entries. Can you come out of that with more than two hundred dollars? If you did, then you're a winner, right? So now, if you then take the two hundred dollars and you put it all in the giant tournament, you know the puppy or any of the giant tournaments with fifty thousand people, those are fun to enter, but you're probably not winning it. That, that money's probably being thrown away. Do 20% of your entries in those. So about 40 bucks worth do in those tournaments. For the other 160 leagues against, do these do these leagues against friends, slow draft, 12-person leagues. And then look at your win ratio at the end of the year. Obviously, we have a lot of advice. Use the DFS Army rankings. Work with what I'm telling you. Avoid, you know, Handcuff your running back. Make sure you don't have five running backs on your roster, seven wide receivers, seven or eight, three tight ends, two, two quarterback. Stick with the approach. Let's see if you can't come out ahead. You started with a hundred bucks. You got $200 worth of entries. Come through the year. Let's see where you are, right? It's a fun mm -hmm. way to draft a lot of leagues that you don't have to manage. So that's how I think of it. I just think of it like another league. Like, all right, if I'm putting... 100 bucks in, I get another $100 free. Now I'm going to do $200 worth of entries. And this is how I fill up my time in January, in July. And but, January. Because as, as you're preparing for, as you're preparing for yeah, your February year draft. Yeah. But it, you know what, and, I think what, well, I was what gonna I was say, one of the nice things about that, Kevin, is just the fact that like, we're, we're in so many leagues during the season and, and like you're grinding to DFS all season long. That's, that's literally the name. That's, that's, that's your company's DFS arm. That's what you do. The best part about best ball is you drafted. I literally forget. I don't check my teams. Then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute. I have this bankroll now that I can either go invest in more best ball leagues. I can go buy maybe some presents for Christmas. Like there's so much you can do with it. It's 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 nice. And you just don't think about it. It's fantastic. Fuck Christmas presents, bro. Use more leagues. Yeah, yeah. You always let's call parlay it your gambling yeah. money 
into more gambling money. That's a fact. That's how you do it. That's a fact. Um, but you're right. You don't have to check. You don't have to look. And it doesn't take my time. I prefer best ball leagues for that reason. Um, of course, if anybody's not signed up at underdog, you could use our promo code DFS Army. That uh, kicks in that $100 deposit match. So let, let's continue. Mistakes that people make drafting their best ball team. And this is more of a, and, and this is one of yours. This is more, I would say, of a mistake that people just generally make in, yeah. in drafting fantasy football teams. Not necessarily exclusive to best ball, but um, don't focus too much on upside players. So tell me what your thought is behind that. So you see these players or these leagues where the teams will have just like, best or upside player after upside player after upside player and they're like ah you know like keenan allen he's kind of boring he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns he'll maybe get six or seven touchdowns but you don't forget he's gonna get 100 receptions every single so you're saying would, would a perfect example be keenan allen versus mike williams yeah but i like mike williams a lot so ah. that one's tough that to me gabriel davis is a perfect upside play man listen he put up four touchdowns he put up 50 52 points in a game in that KC game. The thing is, so, so there's, I've been beefing back and forth with, with my buddy, Brandon, who, who is on the Saturday show with me. He's, he's all in on this Gabriel Davis breakout. I'm like, Gabe's going to be fine. But if you think he's putting up 50 points a game, you're mistaken. I went back and watched some of the highlights of some of his touchdowns. Literally these Kansas city clowns, these DBs are falling down. They're like, they're not square to the route. They're like going cross. Like, they're easy touchdowns. And my caution is, you know, if you're going to completely just go hammer, hammer, hammer Gabriel Davis, fine, get a few shares of them, but don't be afraid to take the more, I don't know, call it safer plays. Like take an Amari Cooper once in a while. Cause you know, he's going to get locked in targets. Take Brandon cooks is being drafted after Gabriel Davis. He's locked in. He's a number one wide receiver. Okay. I get Davis mills is just a, a meh quarterback. But he's still the number one wide receiver on that team. Locked and loaded a thousand yards every single season. He's probably gonna get 80 receptions and seven, eight touchdowns. Like that's a nice, safe play. So it's okay to go and take some of these higher upside players, but one, diversify when you're doing multiple drafts, but also in the same team, get a few PPR guys and get a few high up uh, high touchdown upside guys. Like go maybe a juju if you went with Mike Williams in round three. Go with Juju round four, round five. Like Build your team smart. Don't just go pure upside because, listen, there's a much better chance that on a given week, none of you guys are going to go off. We, we've all seen the teams, right? Like, I'm sure you've had teams like this in, in just regular uh, your, your regular season leagues, Kev, where once in a while your team will put up 190 points. The next week they'll put up like 140. It's like, of course. oh, shit. You know, it's just – that's and that's just – you can't win like that. And, listen, I get best ball is cumulative, but – you want these floor guys where somebody's going to put up 15, 16 points every single week. And if they don't hit, that's a good thing. If they don't make your lineup, that's a good thing because it means your, your upside guys are playing. But when your upside guys get four points because they went over or three for 30 and no touchdown, well, you're still going to make sure that you actually have a reasonable score so that at the end of the season, like Kevin, you're in a lot of best balls. How many top two, three positions are, are like by five or six points at the end of the season? The entire season goes by and you win or lose by five or six points. The margins are thin and keeping those, those floor guys around on your team and building your team with some upside, but also with some floor will, will keep you in the game throughout the entire season. Yeah. I think that's important for people to understand. 
we call those GPP plays, right? Like tournament plays yeah. versus yes. uh, cash game guys. And, and, you know, Deshaun Jackson was always the generic example of the tournament play. Like he could pop off, but yeah, I think Gabriel Davis is a tournament play. I, I think he's a guy that will pop off a few times, but I'm not sure you're going to get consistent production out of someone like that. I'd rather have Rashad Bateman. Who's probably looking at 10 targets a game mm. with all the vacated targets on his team. I love him. So um, guys like that anyway. Um, so yeah, I I'm, I'm down with this. I, I call, you know, there, you have to balance speculation with just taking yeoman like production yes and it, it's always a balance it's always a balance you want the exciting sexy hot play um on that note one of the things that i like to do on, on a best ball team with my bench is i like to build my starting group around high floor higher floor players obviously blue chips so to speak and yes. then on my bench when making decisions between, let's say, nice PPR guys versus guys that might pop off for a big score, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you an example. Although I don't think I'm, I'm trying to think of the perfect example of this on the same team. I, I was kind of thinking Jacoby Myers versus Kendrick Bourne, maybe last year, right? I don't yeah. know. They've got some new wide receivers on the they, Patriots they, this year, so I can't. Yeah, really, it's last honestly, year though. It was a good example yeah. last year. Last year, Jacoby Myers was getting generally getting targeted more frequently. But Kendrick Bourne, of all people, was putting up touchdowns. And he had multiple weeks, Kendrick Bourne did, of 20-plus point fantasy production. Whereas Jacoby Myers was usually pretty good to get you 10 PPR floor points. It was actually Kendrick Bourne who had the three or four games where he popped off and actually would have made an appearance on your best ball team. Those nice weeks that, that uh, so on my bench, I want guys like even last season, another name like that was Zay Jones. Yeah. He's not good week to week, but every once in a while, you know, he's a deep ball guy. He's running. And if he two two receptions, one of them for a touchdown, and all of a sudden he puts up a, 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 a performance worthy of making your team. So I like those. I like those types on my bench in my later picks where in the earlier picks, I'm kind of, I don't want to take too many risks earlier in the draft. So if I'm looking at a speculative player in round five verse, like I'll, I'll give you the perfect, I mean, we keep going back to Davis, uh, but I don't want to keep going back to that. I think I'll give you a speculative player in yeah. round five, DK Metcalf. Yeah. And when I say speculative, I mean, he's got no quarterback on his team. We don't know if he's good or if it was all Russell Wilson. <laughs> Speculate. I don't know. People are like, oh, he's so good. How do you know? By the way, how do you know? <laughs> this is my it, favorite it, Kevin take, by the way. That yeah, we're not sure if Russell DK Wilson is good. was on the team last year and he sucked. Yeah. He was there. So everybody's so convinced that everybody's so convinced that DK Metcalf's a good player. I'm not convinced. As a matter of fact, I don't know. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I don't know. You know who's a good – I I was trying to think of a good example. Um, maybe because Amon Ross St. Brown is going to pick 68 overall as wide receiver 32. DJ Shark is going to 149 overall at 67. Enough with the DJ Shark. It's not I'm just saying a... he's a deep ball guy, right? If, if, no. if we're talking about deep no. ball, he's I'm taking Shark over the board. He's a skinny, always injured – forget him. Often The injured. guy that you need to be talking about that you can still get late – and forget DJ Shark, because he's doo-doo. 
are you that thinking was about? Tying. He's doo doo. I get it. DJ Shark. Shark doo doo. Yes, Forget him. It. Thank you. Jameson. Jameson. Uh, Williams. What the hell is this? Jameson Crowder? What the hell is William. his name? Jameson, Jameson Williams. Williams is the guy that you want. That now I don't take. Uh, this is another rule of best ball, but the guy that's going to make a difference on the on the lines. It's the deep ball guy is Jameson Crowder. Jameson Williams, whatever the hell his name is. I do like Jameson Crowder too, but Jameson Williams is going to be the deep ball. He's that guy. But on that same note, you just brought back another really, really important best ball philosophy. Don't draft injured players. The guy's hurt. He's hurt. Don't draft him. It's hard enough keeping a team healthy when they're all healthy to start the season. If you draft Chris Godwin, I want to come through the screen <laughs> like this and ring her. What are you doing? It's hurt. Michael Thomas still rehabbing. He's not going to play. You don't so you don't draft guys like that. <laughs> He's going way too high. Michael Thomas, should you draft him? No, never. Because we don't know if he's going to play. Why would you put players that are going? Now, if if he dropped into the 16th round, I'll, I'll give you an example of when you do take a guy like that. A couple years ago, everybody was worried about Tyreek Hill. There was some legal stuff. And I went and I read the article, much like I did with Deshaun Watson, and everybody flamed me and they called me Mr. F Jerk because I'm not sympathetic to whatever. I don't give a shit. All I care about is I'm trying to do fantasy football prognostication here. I'm not here to morally judge people. I'm, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I don't know. Right? Well, I mean, you kind of judge people. I but, judge, like, but, nice but you know, way, but nice I'm, not for my fantasy football team. I yeah, will take, yeah, yeah. I will put the most evil motherfucker on my fantasy football team if it can make me money. Sorry. Right? But a couple years ago, there was the speculation that Tyreek Hill was going to get suspended for some shit that went on off the thing. And I read, I read the report and I was like, this guy didn't do anything. This is bullshit. It seemed like, seemed like all fake. Like when I read the report, I was like, this is bullshit. I don't believe it for a second. Like it, I, it was a domestic dispute and it sounded like somebody was making up some shit and he was fully dying. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I can get Tyreek Hill in round 10. You know what? I'm taking a chance on that because if I'm right and he doesn't get suspended now, Shane, you remember what happened that year? He got uh, hurt week two and, and yeah, the whole advantage was gone. So he got hurt. So he was out for the, most of the year. The cynics would call that karma, but Hey, I'm just, That's just saying it. Yeah. Uh, listen, I never said car positive karma's on my side. What I'm saying though, is that was the right play. He comes up, you get it. But is the right play taking Chris Godwin thinking, Oh, I got him two rounds later and I'll just wait out the six week. You need people scoring for you every single week in your best ball. It is a cumulative score, meaning you it's a cumulative. You're not going head to head against people. It's who scored the most points in the league. And if you have a guy putting up zeros who you drafted in the first six, seven, eight rounds, you've added an injury to your team that you didn't need. You're essentially reducing the sum total of the assets on your team for what? So that this guy can come back, you didn't even get a bargain for him. I, again, I understand the, the players never go far enough down to where it's worth it. Like if I was getting Chris Godwin in round 14, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I'll put a 14 rounder on my bench 
I'll, and I'll wait six weeks and hope that he comes in. I think that's like tournament viable, but you're not, you're paying, you're paying like a seventh, a sixth, a seventh rounder. When you're taking Godwin, there are other good players available. Dude, he's going at 56 overall. So I would say for 28, it's, it's ludicrous. It's probably the donkiest of all of the ADP and underdog ADP is really good, but there must be a donkey in every league. So, so people don't understand, by the way, we're always right about this stuff. And, and unless a report comes out that says Godwin's on track for week one, which I don't think so. Um, what will happen is in a month from his ADP will come down because people who are drafting right now, there's just a portion of them that just aren't even, they don't understand that an ACL injury. It's a, they assume, he goes injured last year. He'll be fine. They don't understand. Like it's a 12 month period. And also having done this for so many years, Shane, when you have an injured player, now it's less dramatic in best ball where you don't have to make a decision, but here's what, I, all right. So they're out the first five weeks of the season. But you're the whole time you're saying, well, he's they're, they're talking to me. He could be back week. He, he's going to be back in October. We'll be fine. First week of October comes. He doesn't play. But the second week, they're like, he's practicing with the team. We think he's going to play this week. Just for the game here. But we're going to limit his snaps. We're not going to go crazy. We're going to take it easy. We're going to work him back in. All right. I don't really want to play him that week then. Well, how many snaps is he going to get? Right. Now, the next week after that, still kind of working him back in. All right. I don't know. All right. He's fine. Oh, he got half the snaps. All right. Next week will be better. So now we're already week seven, week eight, half the season's gone and you're still waiting for this guy. Now he comes out. Now he tweaks the hammy setback. Oh shit. I waited fucking eight weeks and now he's got a setback. Are you shitting me? Right. Is this for real? Is this happening? Is this real? Is this my life now? This is who I am. This is my life now. That's what, that's what you feel like waiting for these guys they get hurt again why they didn't have a training camp they didn't have a training camp people do this this is a Soslowski special by the way he i will credit him for this because he was screaming he, no one screams louder don't draft into player but it's true you want to take michael thomas the fucking guy has been hurt for two years right and he's still not ready to play but you're taking michael thomas right after chris godwin how's that working out well, when he played, he was WR1. Who cares? Two years it's, ago. Yeah, it's been two years. He hasn't played. Take Allen Robinson. He's he's there also. And he's an actual healthy NFL player. There are good players available when you're taking these injured guys. People think they're they're being cute and playing for upside. You're not cute. You're not being yeah. cute. There's nothing cute about those moves. It's just I sucker. I think what's so sharp about that too is like if you if you were to do it in like a one-off twelve-person league in in your best ball, it it sucks. It's a bad pick. We don't we don't condone it, but it's one league, right? If you do it in a tournament, and then to your point, in three four or two months when we get a little bit more clarity, we're almost into the season, and we realize oh these guys are going to miss. They're they're going on pot, man. They're going on the the they're going to miss six weeks. Four to your weeks. point, you're not going to you're not, not going to start in week the first week back. You don't trust what's going to happen the seven weeks. And then the thing is, is that now you're up, you paid round five value for Chris Godwin, where everybody else who's, they're going to get him back at the same time as you, but they didn't have, they only had to pay a round eight pick or round nine pick for this guy. They so, get him later. Like, yeah. There will be teams in the tournament. Yes. Good point. Teams in the tournament as we get, because we just said their ADPs will drop. So yeah, especially in a tournament, that's a really good point, Shane. There are going to be teams in the tournament that have that same player, but in round 10 or nine. And if you yes. took him around five, 
you're not beating that team. So like you lose for winning, you lose for losing. You're just a loser. Don't do it. Don't be a loser with that approach. That was like, like I said, that was the difference. Like I was getting Tyreek Hill in round. I was just drafting like crazy. I was like, oh, draft another one because I knew I had an edge. And I was drafting. I was getting round ten, round, and and then he starts coming down. And I'm like, shit. All right, eight, seven, six, five. Oh, fourth round now. I'm still taking him because by the time the season rolled around, it was a second round guy. So you had such an edge on everybody. Again, he gets hurt week two, and the whole the whole edge is gone. But it doesn't matter. I would do it again. Yeah. On that same note, obviously, don't touch Deshaun Watson this year. Like, the, by the way, Deshaun Watson settled twenty of the 20. lawsuits today. Yep. Those ladies 20? like just got paid Friday night mm, party jumping. They're they're living large. They're loving it. They just got paid. But man, it's it's. I don't know if you're following this guy. I'm sure you are, but it, it's becoming a bit of a shit storm. Not it's because the NFLPA is kicking or like throwing back. Right? They're saying, listen, how come it's a double standard? Literally, it says that the owners will be held at a higher standard than the players, and yet. The Robert Kraft situation. Remember the Jim Ursay situation from a few years back? The Dan Snyder situation. It's a mess. These owners are a mess, man. And oh. I, I get it. I look, two wrongs don't make a right, but it's hold everybody accountable. And the thing I, is I say that, the opposite, man. The guy did nothing wrong. I'm not I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm not gonna all I'm saying is he was uh, judged. He was judged public by opinion. A, I don't care about public opinion. Public opinion people. When you listen to public opinion, they don't know what the hell the even facts of the case are. They didn't yeah. read the report. I read the report. They didn't read it. You know how I know? I asked people, like, did you read the report? I'm like, no, but you know, I heard he assaulted some women. I'm like, that's not what happened. I'm not condoning what the man did. He's got a creepy taboo. But <laughs> my point is, he w- they went to a grand jury and they said, you did nothing illegal. We will not pr- uh, pursue charges in this incident. And it wasn't because the lady, they didn't believe the women's story. They said, hey, the story that you just told of what happened to you while, you know, disgusting and creepy is not an illegal, uh, an illegal act did not take place here. Like if you're, if you're, listen, if you're Deshaun Watson, right? And I imagine that Deshaun Watson schlong is pretty much like from elbow to, like, it's like this. Going off the rails real quick. Okay. It would look very similar to elbow to fist, right? Imagine this. Now you're getting a massage. You flip over that thing sticking up. I mean, what are you going to do? It's going to be offensive. If the, you know, it's there, we can't ignore it. He's going, you know, he's just kind of going like, and the girl's like, am I supposed to do something with that? And some of them do. They're like, all right, uh, let me take care of that for you as well, sir. And (laughs) it's not illegal. It's not illegal. I know we went off the rails. Sorry. Not illegal. Not illegal. I read the stories. Yeah. Wasn't illegal. I, Creepy? Inappropriate? I, I, yes. What do you think? So realistically, Kevin, because in the NFL's mind, it doesn't matter if the crime happened. It's what does the public think, right? Ray Rice is a perfect example. Yeah, of that. he's gonna get he's gonna get a full year. I think so. And they'll reduce it. He'll appeal. They'll give him the year. He'll appeal. That'll come down. Eight games, ten games. I think eight, yeah, eight to uh, ten. To me, he served a year suspension already, so I see it as listen. This guy already did a year of missed. He didn't get. He got paid, but he missed a full year. Yeah. If you're going to suspend him for a year, they'll appeal it. We didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing illegal. Grand jury 
found me not guilty. And an arbitrator will say, you know what? That's true, but you still conduct unbecoming. Your conduct was harmful to the NFL. Eight games. And that'll be that. And by the way, his dynasty value will explode. Once the, once the, uh, the ruling comes down, everybody's gonna be like, okay, now we know everything. All, uh, all uncertainty is gone. Trade for him now. That's all I'm telling you. Trade for him now before that, <laughs> because you can't get him after that. Um, you you already have too many shares of him. Kevin. I have him in every league. Yeah. So, so this kind of brings me to my next, um, tip. Not my best ball. League, people make. Hold on. Yeah. Just to be clear, we're talking best yeah. ball. Dynasty. Do not draft Deshaun Watson yes. in best ball because, A, he's still going too high for a guy who's going to miss eight games. I get it. He's going to ride in on a right white horse later in the season. You don't need that. Your best ball is a cumulative score. If you miss out on your player for eight weeks, you're not making the playoffs anyway. It doesn't matter what he does. You're not making it. You're out. Yeah, he's cratering. He's, he's at about 160 now. But I uh, think so that's going to continue dropping. to fall. Yeah. yeah he's Earlier crazy. in the season, though, he was going like, he was like QB seven nine? or eight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and guilty as charged. I did not think, I, I actually made videos this year about how much I love Amari Cooper. Because yeah. I figured Deshaun Watson would miss like four games or so. And as soon as he comes back, Amari Cooper's going to go bonkers. Ugh. I still think Amari Cooper will go bonkers as soon as Deshaun Watson comes back. But now that it's eight games and not four, or likely eight, or maybe a whole season, at that point you really can't draft Amari at all until we know Amari is just as toasted without Deshaun as Deshaun is just not playing. Amari's not going to do anything with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. So now you can't draft Amari Cooper, and it's crazy because I went off on how much I loved him. I traded for him, but I think he'll have a good end of the season, but it's not a good best ball play. Who who would you rather have? Would you rather have like Drake London or Mari Cooper in your team? I mean, it's still Amari Cooper, but um because Amari Cooper's pretty likely to he 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 could have a win you your league second half of the season. And it's not like he won't be playing. Whereas Drake yeah. London has a very questionable quarterback situation. I like Drake London though. He is absolutely my favorite rookie wide receiver. Way above Traylon Burks, by the way, for me, um, yeah. in terms of the rookie wide receivers that I, I don't mind going after in best ball. But here's another interesting do not. Generally, you want to avoid rookie wide receivers. They just don't have great years. As a, It's like not it's it's uncommon for a rookie rookie wide receiver to have a great year like a couple will, but. I think you're asking for trouble if you have too many rookies on your team, too many rookie wide receivers. Yeah, I think when it, when it comes to drafting a rookie, rookie rookie wide receivers, if you're going to go early, so this year probably Drake London. I'll be honest with you, I don't I don't really trust Traylon Burks before the draft at a fair number of shares, but I, I I'm like okay, I got my shares, I'm good with Trey. The thing is, is that when you look at the numbers, yes, you're going to have hits, but generally the market's pretty sharp, like. They, everybody knew Jamar Chase was going to be good last year. We didn't know how good he was going to be, but we knew he was going to be good, right? You get the occasional Amon Ross St. Browns where, holy shit, like this guy was going to run 12 and he and he, he broke out. But generally speaking, it's really hard to predict. Um, the one guy I will say I will give you permission to draft later because he's not going until I think pick 110 is Chris Olave. 
And that's just, you know, that just goes into line with the fact that we don't think that Michael Thomas is going to be very good this year. I like Crystal Lobby. Crystal Lobby, he's a pro. He could have come out last year. He didn't. He should have. But he's a pro. So generally speaking, it's it's risky to draft these rookie wide receivers. And again, like if you avoid a rookie wide receiver, you're not taking a zero to that spot. You're drafting somebody else in their place. It's just a little bit safer. And the thing is, is that especially if you go if you're spending early capital, just look at their their seasonal arc, right? Typically they're just getting acclimated into the NFL. It takes them a good half of the season, legitimately half of the season, to go and actually produce for your fantasy team, right? Even Almond Monroe St. Brown. Yes, I get it was a perfect storm. Was Swift was hurt. Hawk was hurt. I get it. But there, there are red flags with Amon Ra based on the fact that he did what he did with like no healthy players on his yeah. team. But to the, to your point and to the two players that you mentioned, the consistency amongst both Chase and Amon Ra was they came on strong late in the season. They, they did not have a balanced no. solid across the board season. They came on strong very late and more power to them that, that could power a team to win. But and those guys are fine kind of bench stashes, I would say, in basketball. But, like, you cannot rely on those type of guys early in the year. And then we could get into really speculative guys, like, that we don't know anything about. We don't know if Sky Moore will play at all. Um, we don't know if Dar- Bell will get snaps for his team. Mm. Like, we don't know these things. Yeah. So yeah. We're not taking Cooper. We ain't taking Bell. That's for damn sure. Yeah, oh, yeah I ain't taking Bell. I mean, but Bell at least is available, yeah. like, 10 rounds later. I mean, it's yeah. fine. You know, he's 10 rounds later. I don't mind wasting my 15th rounder on Fair those enough. spots. As a matter of fact, I like wasting my 15th rounder on those situations. Christian Watson, those guys, Derek Bell, uh, John Bell. Mechie. I don't think he's hurt, but those style of rookies that, Hey, you know what? It's a, I'm in the 15th round, 16th round. Like last year I was taking Kadarius Tony and Elijah Moore in that mm-hmm. zone. Right. And they came on strong. Like a couple of them. I, I like, listen, first round pedigree. No one wanted to touch Kadarius Tony, who, by the way, is one of my favorite, favorite late in your draft guys this year in best ball. Love Kadarius Tony. He's available He's going way at, later in your league than he should be. He's considering wide receiver 46. What's that? Wide receiver 46. You know, WR. Five, you know, he's a WR five, like wide receiver 46. Everybody's got a full set of three. Some people, you know, you're this could be your second bench wide receiver. And you're talking about Kadarius Tony, a guy who has massive upside for big weeks. So a lot of these guys like that. And we'll go over, we'll we'll have separate shows that kind of talk about sleeper players, and we could get talk about Lazard and Jameson Crowder and a lot of these names yeah. that we like a little bit late, Martez Valdez, Scantling types. And some of these rookies that you can get, you know, beyond the WR 50 zone, which could lead your team to a win. But in general, I don't remember what my point was. <laughs> I, I, I forgot what my point was. Just avoid, avoid these rookies, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In general, we don't want to be taking rookie wide receivers early. Like if there's if you're weighing a Drake London. And I hate to say Drake London because I love him this year. So. Let's let, let me if you're if you're Sorry, weighing Burke. Sky Moore against like yeah. Alan Lazard, that's a good example. And I think those two are are similarly priced. Take Lazard. Like Lazard, we know he's gonna what he's gonna bring. He's a touchdown guy, he's gonna have opportunities. He's definitely playing and he's definitely starting for his team. Whereas and he has upside. Whereas a Sky Moore, we think he might be good. 
but I'm not even sure he's going to start. I don't know. You don't know. You could think maybe, but then we're always surprised with, listen, everybody thought Denzel Mims was going to be good. Uh, last year I can name Amari Rogers, who was supposed to be good. Uh, there was, uh, there were so many names uh, of these guys, uh, Palmer, that, that was on the one team, uh, the guy on Washington who didn't get any playing time. I can't remember the rookie from last year. Uh, shit. I can't remember his name, but you know, there were these guys that were drafted. Like Diami Brown. Yeah. Diami Brown. Yeah. Like who, who was starting ahead of him? No one. We don't even know who the starters were for Washington, but somehow like name one. That's not McLaurin on Washington from last you know year. Actually last year. Oh yeah. I mean, Curtis Samuel was dog water. Last he, he was year, hurt. Like, who was the guy? Yeah. I don't even remember the name. That's how it was like Chris Sims. It was like some turds, right? Oh, and it was Chris Sims. Cam it was Chris, Sims. no, no, Cam Sims, Cam Sims. Cam, something. The banker, some, the banker. Some turd, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. dude, I drafted Diami Brown in the second round of rookie draft. What's going on here? What what happened to Diami? Never got on the field. Jalen okay. Rager didn't play a snap. I, I do want to say this. I do want to say this one thing because I mentioned Chris Olave. I give you permission. I didn't even think about Jahan Dotson. So Jahan Dotson, he's I get his good. camp. I get it. He was a first round pick. Maybe a bit of a reach, but he's he's performing in camp. Uh, Terry McLaurin's holding out until he gets his contract, so he's not there. But at pick 140, wide receiver 65 overall, I, I kind of like that for John Dotson. So I, if you want to take a dart, that's the guy to go after, man. I like the rookies as your late picks. Just make sure. I don't like the early ones. So I love Jahan. Great reference. I love Dotson this year. A, great reports coming out of camp. That ADP is going to move up because they're loving him in camp. ADP is going to rise from here. First round pedigree is really, really important. The names I mentioned, Josh Palmer, Diami Brown, Amari Rogers, they were not first round pedigree wide receivers. Yes. They were second and third rounders, which seemed good. Denzel Mims seemed pretty good. Bruh. Remember Nikhil Harry? Stop. Like, it, That's it just seemed mean. really good. But at least, and Nikhil had the first round pedigree of the Patriots. Uh, stop it. Cannot draft wide receivers. But like the Canarius Tonys, the Elijah Moores, those first round guys, they do tend to come on late. So as long as you can get that guy at ADP 140, ADP 130, you just don't want to reach for, you don't want to reach for them as a top three rounds wide receiver. Garrett Wilson. No one's talking about Garrett Wilson. That guy's available so late in your draft. I don't love him, but in best ball, if it's 150, I would say he's available. What? What? Where's Garrett, Garrett Wilson? So Garrett going? Wilson is going as wide receiver 40 down at 103, but you know who's actually going at 155? It's Corey Davis. That's, that's such another an one. enigma, yeah, man. We, that team's an enigma. That. Yeah, that's a whole other story. But, but uh, you know, I have a whole rant about how Zach Wilson has just been so terrible, and yet we're drafting – you know, two Jets wide receivers, like as if they're going to be good. And Brees Hall and is a third corner. Like, have you guys watched the Jets? Like, I'm from, I'm a Jets <laughs> fan. I'm familiar. They have never produced two fantasy relevant players. Period. Ever. In never. History. Never. Never. Curtis Martin and like. That was a quarter. I can't, I'm trying to remember. Like Wayne Corbett, were they there at the same time? Like that was, you know. Danny Woodhead, I who never, but yet here we think they're going to have all these fantasy relevant guys. I'll believe it when I see it. I hope so. I dare to hope, but I hope so. I'm trying to think. All right. Other. Let's see. Um, more things to avoid on your best ball team. Oh, one last item on the agenda, Shane. 
be careful with your exposures. So best ball is a game of injury avoidance. It's a game of um, building elasticity into your team. And we do in our minds tend to focus in on quote unquote, our guys. Now I do build around a core. Like I'll, if I see there's a discrepancy like that year with Tyreek Hill or last year with Cooper cup and Debo, where they were, they were incorrectly priced and I was able to get them on all my teams. Um, when that does happen, when there's a discrepancy, I always, you know, if, if like, like my love for Amari Cooper, when I thought Deshaun Watson was going to play, like he was like WR 20. I was like, this guy's just going to be top 10. I'm getting him. He's too good. I'm going to get him in every league. I'm fine with that, but make sure to diversify around, especially for tournaments. I don't care that much in leagues though. Diversification is much more important to me in tournaments or just at the running back position where injuries are so prevalent that, you know, I just can't load up on Christian McCaffrey like he did last year. And then he gets hurt and it just, it just ruins so many teams. You got to be yeah. careful about that. So just diversify a little bit. Make what's sure like that you, Kevin is like 20, 25%. Like what's the number you like? That's usually for me, it's 25%. That's what I'm like. I, I gotta, I gotta look elsewhere. You know, it's, it's funny for me. I, I just differentiate between a league against friends in a tournament in a tournament, 25, 30%. That's okay. plenty for any one player. If I'm in a league against friends, I will just load up on guys that I like. And I don't care. Yeah. Because I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not playing that for massive upside. I'm not trying to win a giant tournament. I'm just trying to beat 11 other people. And I feel like my guys, the ones, what I try to build a team, it has the the highest asset value possible, right? And so if you look at your team like a portfolio and the ADP as the market price for that player, if I can get, if, if the market is incorrect on a couple guys, so that I'm able to take somebody in the seventh round who's really a fifth rounder or in the ninth round who's really like a, a, a seventh rounder, something like that. I'm essentially just adding massive value to this portfolio of players that I've assembled. So building in some diversification across the portfolio of teams that you built is great. But if I see an extreme value, I don't care. I'm just going to load like, like Montgomery. Montgomery is one of my guys, David Montgomery. And I'm just going to take him. I think he's he's around, his ADP is around lower than where it should be. And I love that I can fully handcuff him with Dave, with his with Khalil Herbert. And it, and it's very uh, it's very cheap to handcuff him. So he's got two advantages that are so great compared to everybody else that I just load up on that guy. Right? And I'll have him I don't mind having him on every team because I know that I've backed him up with his elite backup anyway my elite backup i mean just the guy that has shown us for sure that when the starter is out he's going to get all the touches so in a spot like that i don't care i'll just load up because i'm not looking for it doesn't matter to me if david montgomery has a you know a top six running back year i don't even care i just want a yeoman like healthy running back who's going to give me 16 fantasy points going to be the starter he's going to get all the touches each week and if he goes down i know i've got a full scale backup team likes to run the football that's all i care about i don't care yeah, no. like oh what if you took travis Etienne two picks later and he can outscore him by a little bit well you know what i can't handcuff travis Etienne. i don't know who right. his backup is like is it james robinson i don't know so i'd rather take my guy and in that case i don't mind loading up on one guy again in leagues in tournaments 
you need that upside player. So you cannot do that. You have to mix it up much more so if you're trying to win the tournament. Because if Travis Etienne, who was available two picks later, actually has an insane year and you skipped him in every single team for Montgomery because Montgomery was a safer play, well, you're not going to win the tournament. It's like, oh, the only people... Remember who won the tournaments last year? Who was on that team? Jamar Chase. Yes. yeah. You had to have him. If you didn't have Chase... You didn't win the tournament. It was just that simple because in championship weeks, in one of the championship weeks, I'm pretty sure Jamar Chase went off for 40 plus fantasy points. Yeah. And that was it. If you didn't have him, you didn't win. Fact. I didn't win. Why not? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think I had in the league both um, uh, Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup. And I went up against Chase that week and knocked me out. That was it. There we go. All right. Let's wrap it up there. 10 or we didn't really go 10, but just moves to avoid in your best ball leagues. We covered it. Remember it is best ball season right now. So I'm drafting, I'm, I'm setting up leagues. You could draft against me and Shane. We're going to put a couple of leagues, uh, a couple of links for you to invite and play us in a 12 man slow draft. Keep it cheap. Three bucks, whatever. $5 league, $3 league, $10 league. We'll put them all in there. We'll put a few in the description, check them out. Um, and keep coming back. Remember to like and subscribe to the channel here where you're going to get lots of best ball content. We're going to come back with our favorite sleeper plays, uh, everything, everything to help you dominate your fantasy football best balls this season. Hardcore best ball season. We're going best ball season pretty much all the way to August. Then kind of August, we switch over to our standard season long. But you know what? Best ball season is my favorite. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've gone away. Like I don't do as many season long. I have dynasty leagues. Love dynasty season. Yes. Dynasty leagues. I got my best balls. Then I really only do a couple of redrafts every year at this point. Well, I mean, you're probably so busy with DFS that like to manage I, I that manage many leagues that. is too hard. Yeah. I, I still love it, but I, redraft is the hardest for me because yep. it's the most aggressive. You need to be on waivers and it, it, yep. it it's very, I, I'm not able to do it well and, and focus on DFS and do all the content and you know play every single tournament and play you know every single showdown and everything run a business yeah and run a business so yeah it is a lot and um but yeah i love best ball season i love this i'm you know i'm doing it all the time like i'm staring at my, right now oh i'm on the clock i'm on the clock you know like i'm all got eight hours to go don't worry you got time that's the beauty of it slow draft you get four eight hours whatever it is so you have lots of time to draft make sure you do it shane and i will be back with more bold call probably best ball focused content over the next uh, few weeks as we help you crush your best ball tournaments. I'm actually going to be doing a couple live drafts just so watching kind of a draft start to finish. We're going to have to do fast drafts um, in video form over the next week or two. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. You'll see it and I'll talk through everything. Maybe we'll do that one together. Uh, Shane, I'll yeah. talk through all the moves. We could talk through our next plays right there. So that's the kind of uh, content we expect to be putting out. And of course, we appreciate you like, subscribe to the video, do all that good stuff. And we will see you guys next time on another Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. For Shane, for Geek, deuces. <laughs>